0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening traders wherever you may be on planet Earth. We're coming at you with the newest Performante podcast on June 29th, 2021. Crazy just how quickly this month has gone by, but we're coming at you with the latest updates covering some celebrity drama, some John McAfee updates, as well as information coming out of the Craig Wright lawsuit in the UK as well as another crypto influencer known as pop probably absolutely butchered the pronunciation but we'll just continue on anyways and lastly have some updates about the growth and trajectory of the ethereum network and last but not least finishing off with one of the exchanges we've been absolutely loving recently so i appreciate the time you have taken to tune in and without any further ado i'll pass it on over to keith to jump right in with our first story
1: Awesome, well thank you again for tuning in. We're gonna first discuss the breaking news talking about the British-born US technology entrepreneur, entrepreneur John McAfee. He died on Wednesday by what the news article is stating as suicide in the Barcelona prison. There are a lot of conspiracies surrounding this. Uh, We did make a pretty informative TikTok going over some of the interesting and subtle hints that he was giving on his Twitter page. And uh, the reason or the, I guess you could say the, uh, he died by hanging is like the quote reason that the news stories are kind of indicating. But uh, we do have instances in the past kind of looking at the Jeffrey Epstein situation where, uh, uh, I guess you could say there are some bad actors in the government trying to take down international um, huge figureheads. And, and I think John McAfee is one of them. Um, he did, he was running away from the United States Authority system degree. He was looking at some tax evasion charges, as well as some cryptocurrency fraud cases in New York. Um, but I think definitely Nathan has some more information regarding kind of the interesting tweets that he was actually t- uh, tweeting before his death.
0: Yeah, 100%. John McAfee is kind of the equivalent of like the Dos Equis most interesting man in the world. <laughs>
1: so true. In 2018,
0: he said that he has fathered at least 47 children. I'd assume there's a question mark attached to that. Um, he was investigated for the murder of a neighbor who allegedly was playing music too loud. Uh, he met his wife, Janice McAfee, when she solicitated him as a prostitute. Uh, he didn't pay income tax for to the U.S. for eight consecutive years for what he called ideological reasons. He lived in a mega yacht that cruised around the world. He spent some time uh, consoling Cuba on how to circumvent the U.S. trade embargo. Ultimately, this really is probably one of the most interesting men in the world. He passed away at the age of 75, leaving a massive tech legacy behind him. And a, a series of cryptic tweets that kind of are leading people to believe that he got hit by the Clintons and the Clintons' assassin has caught another bag by assassinating him in his Barcelona prison cell. Specifically, in 2019. Just to read the tweet here, getting subtle messages from the U.S. government, in effect, saying, We're coming for you, McAfee. We're going to kill you. We're going to kill yourself. I got a tattoo today just in case. If I suicide myself, I didn't. I was whacked. And on his right bicep, he has a ticker that says whacked. (laughs) Oddly enough, lo and behold, just over two years later, he did die by hanging in Spain. And another follow-up tweet in October of 2020. I am content in here. I have friends. The food is good. All is well. Know that if I hang myself, a la Epstein, it will be no fault of mine. There was an autopsy that was done recently. Showed no evidence of foul play. Uh, I doubt there will ever be the security cameras leaked from this higher security prison in Spain. But it really just kind of adds to the case of what the fuck happened he said he wasn't going to kill himself once he said he wasn't going to kill himself again he said the u.s government was sending him suspect messages and he had over 31 terabytes of information on the u.s government waiting to get deployed and i guess as like a side chain conspiracy there was that uh, large apartment building in miami that collapsed and there was a lot of speculation that perhaps that is where the hard drive was stored. There was speculation that perhaps McAfee owned a unit in there and that's where the data was being stored, and consequently that's why it collapsed. It's a very black box situation, and when we're looking at it from the outside perspective, A, incredibly hard to get trustworthy information, B, virtually impossible to determine what information is trustworthy and what information is falsified, and see who can we believe are we going to believe the government are we going to believe mcafee's lawyer team the legal defense team obviously he's passed away so he can't give us the full scoop but the crypto community is kind of just left with a hole in, in a hole in our heart because we're not going to see him eat his dick on national television like <laughs> he initially promised instead we're just left with a legacy of a crypto entrepreneur who uh, lived larger than life and ultimately kind of, I don't want to say he fucked around 24 seven, but he basically fucked around 24 <laughs> seven.
1: Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty unbelievable life to, to say the least. He was a I'd say pretty big figurehead back in 2017, where when BTC was kind of climbing through the 10s and going into potentially the 20s, and, and he was indicating that, I believe it was the million dollar mark um, that it has to hit for him to not eat his own dick. But uh, at the end of the day, he got something that was much worse uh, than, than the than the uh, kind of first option there. But uh, unfortunately, we will not be seeing any more tweets or Uh, news stories regarding him or at least uh, of him alive we'll see what other things are coming up later on maybe some things arise that we don't know yet but as of now we unfortunately have lost a pretty significant individual in the world of crypto
0: yeah it feels kind of like mcafee in that earlier bull run 2016-27 major figurehead he was calling out shit coins on twitter to pump to dump the full nine yards i feel like that's pretty equivalent to the role that elon has now in the current bull run a very large public celebrity that's in the spotlight moving markets with tweets and really just amplifies the power of social media and what it can do in the schema of completely unregulated financial markets because it's a sad it's sad that we lost mcafee but we've got mcafee 2.0 with elon musk messing around on twitter yeah
1: it's Kind of interesting where where he'll gonna be where he's going to be ending up in the next 10, 20 years. Um, you never know. They kind of live a similar life, um, kind of doing everything and anything that they want to. Let's just turn that off. So the next thing that we're going to be looking at, uh, kind of stopping the discussion with John, is we're going to be looking at a uh, lost billion dollar portfolio, uh, one of the largest owners of Bitcoin who reportedly held as much as over 1 billion is dead at 41 years old. And he's a billionaire Bitcoin owner, uh, Mercia Posecu I believe. Uh, and he has reportedly died at 41, leaving behind a huge basket of BTC with over a billion dollars worth, making him at the time before his death, one of the world's largest single holders of Bitcoin. And we don't exactly know if his wallet is able to be accessed by a different individual. Usually if you are kind of a single BTC holder, you probably would not be letting other people know. And we've seen these situations where people hold a lot of Bitcoin, they either go missing, kind of like the Quadra CX situation, if you do remember that Canadian exchange, or just people, not able to access uh, either the computer or their wallets, but Bitcoin goes missing. And if there is a limited supply of 21 million Bitcoin ever to be created in history, you're going to have a lot less than that. I don't exactly know what the number is, but I do think that we are kind of getting on to the 18, like we're definitely under 20 million for the total amount that is circulatable. In my opinion, maybe um, kind of interesting to see the math and the data on that, but it is something to keep in mind. Everyone's thinking 21 million, but that number is going to be significantly less than that figure.
0: Yeah. Don't quote me on these statistics, but, that i have an inkling in my brain that i think it was four million bitcoins haven't been accessed in more than seven years which is an absolute insane basically skew to the way we conceptualize supply demand right now we're just under 20 million bitcoins circulating around in the cryptosphere and a significant portion of that around 20 percent, is inaccessible and assumed to be otherwise lost they would have to have absolutely diamond hands, textbook yes. diamond hands, to not move that Bitcoin or even access that private wallet for any transaction in seven years or more. So hopefully, with any luck, those stay locked up in the vault. Don't touch the market supply and just kind of constrict the supply demand further for an even more explosive push to the upside. Because I mean we all know there's more millionaires in the world than bitcoin and having less bitcoin with lost wallets only uh, skews that equation even more bullish because hyperinflation is real we're seeing currency proliferation we're seeing true bitcoin adoption on the multinational level it does not seem like the bitcoin bull run is over if it Like within the schema of world global adoption, it makes more sense that the Bitcoin bull cycle would be more volatile, but it does not make sense that it would be shorter. So in the context of that, I do not think the current bull run is over. I think we're just taking a little bit of a breather, going to form a nice trading range. And realistically, I think we're going to see a Bitcoin dominated market basically break out of this macro symmetrical triangle towards the end of August, see some new all time highs in the fall before the most legendary alt season of
1: all time in the winter. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. I think the overall cycle is going to continue. There should be more volatility because we have more trading products and financial products that allow, I would say, novice or retail traders to lever up 50 times 100 times and that's just going to create a lot more volatility as well as institutional players coming in kind of using futures or um, using many of the products that a lot of the traditional legacy financial institutions are now providing to both in uh, uh, the uh, investors as well as kind of retail institutional investors as well as retailers i was trying to say there so um yeah i think We are kind of in the halftime moment where there is kind of that polarity between people thinking that, oh my god, we crossed the 200-day EMA, there's so much FUD, people assuming that the Chinese miners... Uh, exiting China is a negative thing. Oh my God, the hash rate's down so much. There's a lot of polarity between the longer-term bulls and the short-term bears. But uh, we're definitely longer-term bulls. Even if we do pull back a little bit, I think that the overarching momentum will not stop here and it will continue throughout 2021. So kind of sticking on to the subject of BTC and Bitcoin, Hopefully, everyone does at least know of Craig Wright. Uh, he's been trying to push to basically prove that he is Satoshi Nakamoto, the creator of Bitcoin, um, for a while, and a lot of people are calling him out saying it's not true. He is not the creator. He's just trying to impersonate him so he gets the intellectual property. But uh, Craig Wright did have a win recently. Uh, he got awarded default judgment in the first Bitcoin white paper lawsuit, and... Uh, What default judgment is, is basically the person he was against is anonymous. He did not want to come out and represent himself, his true self. So he basically just won by default. And the intellectual property infringement case against the Twitter user, that was the... Uh, anonymous individual named Cobra concerning Bitcoin.org's hosting of the Satoshi Nakamono white paper is what was uh, in the lawsuit and he won. So what is actually what's actually occurring right now is the English High Court for the UK has granted Dr. Craig Wright a request that Cobra is no longer allowed to make the white paper for BTC available to download in the United States on BT, or Bitcoin.org. So I guess... In this case, Craig Wright would be the one to actually have that authority to say yes or no, you can download it just within the UK. But it's pretty unbelievable that because Cobra, the Twitter user, would not want to come out and represent himself, his true self, Craig Wright is just default a winner. And now he has the intellectual property for Bitcoin.org with Bitcoin's white paper. So uh, big win for Craig Wright. Craig Wright. I don't believe he is the true owner or creator of Bitcoin, but kind of shows to you the pros and cons of being anonymous. Yeah, I,
0: I totally understand where Cobra is coming from and not wanting to dox himself as part of the court proceedings. It's kind of an unfortunate circumstance that Craig Wright did win this because now this is setting legal precedent for other courts of law to be like, yo, if the UK court said he's Craig Wright, then fuck it let's just go with what the uk court has to say and so it's kind of unfortunate in that regard because you could gain some momentum because there is pretty much active law cases about who is the unambiguous owner or creator of bitcoin but the tried and true method to determine who the actual creator of bitcoin would be to access the genesis wallet simple but hey I'm gonna move one bitcoin to this address and then everyone would be able to see the transaction everyone would be able to say oh yo he's actually Craig Wright. he's actually Satoshi Nakamoto but for whatever reason he's just beating around the bush and says that he cannot access the wallet and so he basically has to resort to other illegitimate means in order to claim his fame as Satoshi Nakamoto. For those who don't know, Craig Wright is the creator of Bitcoin Cash, Satoshi's Vision, BTCSV. Uh, It's kind of an underwhelming project, to say the least. He says that it's the true direction that Satoshi would have wanted Bitcoin to go, as per his own imagination. It's... (laughs) It's pretty interesting to see this uh, small victory for Craig Wright's campaign because he's super vocal within the crypto community that he is Satoshi, but all, not going to say like the higher ups in the crypto community because they're all peers, but the more public profile... The people who are in the spotlight are like, yo, don't listen to this clown. He's an absolute bozo. Like, <laughs> It seems like he's more so preying on the disconnect between political systems like the court of law and technology. Because clearly there is a disconnect if the UK court of law appointed him as the winner of this case and as Satoshi Nakamoto. There must be a disconnect between the way legal systems are operating and the way the technology is being applied. All the court had to do was be like, yo, move the funds and we'll grant you the case. Mm -hmm. But that's not the way it happened. So moving into our next story, enough of the celebrity drama. We will be finishing off with some actually kind of bullish news coming out of Ethereum where they had the most amount of daily active addresses surpass Bitcoin for the first time in crypto's history. Basically that means that the amount of daily active addresses, the ones they're transacting, sending, receiving, etc. was more active on Ethereum than Bitcoin. Again, this is the first time in history that this flip has ever happened and it's pretty interesting to see because that just means that Ethereum seeing some real use cases following that recent update they got to optimize proof of work compensation and we are seeing some true adoption of the ethereum network when comparing it to how bitcoin is being used
1: yeah overall i think it is a positive uh, overarching statement Uh, when we are looking at the cryptocurrency market when we are in bull runs Altcoins are going to be appreciating at a greater rate than BTC, and not just with the appreciation. Um, I think that there's more people actually getting involved in Ethereum compared to BTC because there is more use case, which is great to see. Um, One thing to note about Ethereum, um, they still haven't really completely came out and rolled out ETH 2.0, so Like we've been speculating, we don't think that it will occur in this bull run. And if you are looking for very speculative plays, kind of like dipping into the meme coin market... Uh, Utilizing coins on the Binance Smart Chain would be a lot cheaper, but it is great to see that there is more activity within the Ethereum network. And rightly so, it definitely makes sense. There's a ton of projects built on top of Ethereum. So having more users utilize that technology compared to a store of value just makes sense in the long run. And I think that this overall trend will continue where Bitcoin right now is the absolute king of crypto we can see that the bitcoin dominance is still very significant even after the first half of the btc pump but i think over time throughout the years bitcoin dominance will slowly start to kind of move to the downside i don't think it'll ever be a minuscule amount but there's just so much use case in things like ethereum or solana or a lot of people are interested in Cardano. And I think that those platforms will grow at a greater rate than BTC because yes, BTC is an extremely useful asset for storing value, but it doesn't really do a whole lot more than that. Whereas you see these new up and coming projects like Solana having fifty thousand transactions compared to um, BC, BTC's very few uh, in terms of per second. So. Uh, I think the overall trend will continue and we're going to see more of these altcoins surpass BTC in either active addresses or even like price appreciation. Um, So yeah, I think that's a really positive thing and it is setting up alts to be a more... usable sector within the cryptocurrency space. Because right now it is kind of in the early stages where you're getting DeFi, you're getting all these interesting projects that you can actually utilize. Um, but I think that will just grow and grow and grow to a point where Bitcoin dominance is gonna be in like the 10%, 12%, something along the lines of that. I don't think we're gonna stick within that 40% that we hit for support back in 2017. But um, yeah, can, you have any thoughts on kind of the altcoin, Bitcoin dominance there, Nathan?
0: no i think that we're going to exit this micro bear market with the bitcoin dominated market where it's really going to lead the way to new highs and following that is when we're going to see alts flourish ultimately purchasing alts with real intrinsic value could put you in a better position uh, so when we're talking about platform coins we're talking about polka dot ethereum cardano soon still don't have smart contracts uh <laughs> solana And when we're talking like transactional coins that provide value, I'm a big uh, fan of Horizon, Dash is a classic. Those, in theory, have a higher intrinsic value and more use cases. But at the end of the day, marketing moves the market, at least specifically in this bull run. And so it sucks to say, but it's kind of worth to always have exposure to some shit coins at some level obviously you're not going to want to be allocating a significant portion of your portfolio but in i think in the context of the 2021 bull run as we've seen it thus far grooming some shit coins for potential small allocations is a good way to mitigate risk obviously if you're just getting into crypto stick with the blue chips don't overcomplicate what can be simple dollar cost average bitcoin ethereum you'll be off to the races fully automate it wait a couple of years You'll be sitting pretty for a Lamborghini if that is what your heart desires. And so, just to finish off this episode, we have a little bit of a shout out for Hubi. Uh, they are a cryptocurrency trading platform. They are the third largest in the world by volume, really servicing kind of the Eastern countries, but have gotten approval to service U.S., uh, Canada, and the U.K. specifically. They have a lot of interesting products like the classic spot trading they've got margin and futures up to 125 times leverage but please do not use all 125 <laughs> times leverage they even have a trading bot that when uh, i specifically looked at it this afternoon they the seven day back test yielded a 91 percent return annually which is super impressive completely passive uh, you can stake some meme coins on there like Sheep or even US dollar Tether for 6.5%. And you can do ETH 2.0 staking. Super interesting platform. And on the off chance that you're getting booted off of Binance like our peers in Ontario are or in the UK, perhaps Huobi could be the exchange for you. So on that bombshell, great place to end the episode. It is 6 p.m. on June 29th. Appreciate the time you've taken to tune in. Hopefully see you around the Discord. We've got some exciting updates for the Performante Community Coin ticker PCC, as well as the trading bot we've been working on. So stay tuned. We'll have updates for you. We're working hard. Take care, everyone. Stay safe.